episode 27, Youthful Mistakes. Welcome to Care and Feeding of Werewolves, a podcast addressing issues and current events in the paranormal community. I'm your host, Hazel Thornton. Today's letter asks, is using body parts like a hand of glory morally acceptable if they were donated? What about hygiene? Okay, well, since a hand of glory is made from the hand of a criminal who was hanged, a method of execution that's fallen out of favor in the 21st century, I'd say fill your boots since it's not likely to even happen. Nearly every use of organs for the purposes of this conversation, we're talking about intelligent species here, is for malignant purposes. Let's face it, you're not exactly using someone's big toe to cure cancer in orphaned kittens, but the ethics of those kinds of spells is a whole nother conversation. Now, how do you obtain consent from the donor? In writing with witnesses? How can you be sure they're not being coerced into it somehow? Do you include it in one's advanced directive as a subcategory of organ donation? I suppose you'd have to, otherwise the donor's loved ones wouldn't have to honor that particular wish. Now, what if the only consent to being used for some types of spells, but not others? And how do you go about determining that? Say they also want to donate some of their organs to transplant patients. Who gets the organ then? I bequeath my liver to the organ recipient list and my heart to unspeakable magics as they've always been my true love. Sorry, apparently I was channeling my dramatic 14-year-old self there for a second. If a third party is matching donors with practitioners, how do you ensure that the items were given with consent and no one was hunted? How do you know they're not stolen from indigenous bodies? The collection of native remains in a sort of twisted trophy hunting has been happening in North America for centuries. As for hygiene, it depends on how fresh you need it or when you receive it. The rule of thumb is if it's wet and not yours, don't touch it without PPE. So if it's wet fresh, which is a phrase I never thought I would have to say in my life, keep it sealed up and on ice to delay decomposition and definitely use gloves be sure to sterilize your equipment afterwards. Dried items, though, are generally fine to handle. For the record, I'm applying the same logic as preparing organs for transplant and preserved specimens here. I know absolutely nothing about trafficking organs for spell components, nor do I want to. Please, please don't at me. Ugh. Now I really feel like I need a shower. 
Today, my hazelnuts, we have a very special guest. Yay! And whenever I use that phrase, I feel like I've wandered onto the wrong podcast. Or you're a pod person. Technically, all podcasters are pod people. Oh, why did I agree to this again? Because you love me. Speaking of love, today's guest is Cody. Yeah, I'm going to take it from here before you inflict any more puns. What Hazel here is trying to get is I'm what's called a concubus. Incubi and succubi aren't genders within a species. Both words come from Latin. Incubus roughly means to lie on top of and succubus to lie under. Thanks to a lot of heteronormative nonsense from humans, we're left with a binary perception from outsiders. But really, we can assume whatever physical form we want, which makes our sex fluid. I deserve a gold star for not jumping on the obvious pun there. As we all know, sex and gender are not the same. You, for example, tend towards the masculine end of the gender spectrum, even though your body is theoretically capable of bearing children, which is typically a biologically female trait in most species with live births. Shapeshifting is a defense mechanism that helps protect us from those who'd like to hunt us. That's something most people don't think of, especially those of us who are anthropomorphic in terms of appearance and culture. Concubi are thought of as sex demons and are, therefore, the predators. Uh, Do you know how many sea chasers there are on OK Cryptid? I mean, it's fine if you're just looking to eat and not a relationship. But there are a lot of people out there who don't care about who we are, but what we are. Alistair Crowley started the latest craze of keeping concubi and other sex phages as slaves, but there have been others throughout history. Yeah, it's a fetish. Just because we can fulfill most fantasies doesn't mean we necessarily want to. I mean, there are asexual concubi just like there are in every other race. I'm going to ask the obvious question here. If concubi are obligate sexual wars, how would an asexual concubus, a bus, if you will, meet their dietary needs? One more pun, and I'm spreading Legos all over your bedroom floor. Dinky. Humans, especially here in North America, are incredibly obsessed with sex, which means there's lots of places to feed on the ambient vibe and not on any one person. Hookup clubs are popular for a quick bite, pop in for a drink, maybe some dancing. There are ones who work in sex shops or even sex work like pro doms. I know one who runs a strip club and another who emcees burlesque shows. The ethics and ambient feeding don't impact anyone, and consent's already implied by simply attending such places. Exactly. But not all concubi choose careers that serve their dietary requirements. Hardly. There's something people always want to know, so I'm going to get it out of the way first. How do we balance relationships with a career outside of sex work without overfeeding on our partner? The short answer, polyamory. Ethical non-monogamy, where all parties can discuss boundaries and consent. 
It makes sense since few people expect vampires to only feed on their romantic partner, as that would be detrimental to the health of both. So why should a concubus? And asking a concubus that question assumes monogamy as the default and is really invasive, which is weird coming from within the paranormal community, if you think about it. Tell me about it. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll be discussing ethics and morals with Koth. Try the newly formulated Slime Off Spray, guaranteed to get rid of all biological evidence of all kinds. Blood, waste, even ectoplasm. Erase your sins with Slime Off. Do not use if pregnant, trying to get pregnant, or while breastfeeding. Avoid contact with wood, metal, cloth, water, air, and organic beings. Do not mix with other cleaning agents such as ammonia or bleach. Causes severe melting and disintegration. Keep out of reach of children. Tired of meeting slime balls when you're looking for a gelatinous cube? OkCryptid okay, is the only dating app that matches users by environmental, circadian, temporal, and planar compatibility. There's even a monster dash option for hemo and sexual phages just looking for a bite from the comfort of your own swamp. Find the light to your Mothman with OkCryptid. Okay, Welcome back! Today's guest is Koth, a sex phage and expert in paranormal ethics. Now, we haven't gone into your professional experience, so can you please give us an idea of your qualifications? Sure thing. I was a freelance bounty hunter until I had a crisis of conscience and switched to working for the Grand Council of Elders in mostly the same role. Now, instead of tracking people with no questions asked, I bring them back to answer to the community for their crimes. So you're basically a cop? No. I don't go around looking for people to punish, and I'm not called in for property damage or theft unless someone was injured in the process. And I'm only brought in when there's a general consensus and the subject isn't available for the Grand Council's questions. I rely first and foremost on de-escalation techniques and only escalate to subdual tactics when necessary. For those unfamiliar with our regional structure, each group within a significant presence has its own governing body. For example, there's the conclave of elders to oversee matters involving witches. Those who sell magical services are members of Goop, the guild of occult practitioners. The vampires have a complex hierarchy that uses titles of nobility. I can't ever pay attention. It puts me to sleep. Each of these factions have a representative on the Grand Council of Elders to handle interracial issues or things that affect the whole community. And the number one rule that we all have to follow is don't do anything that attracts the attention of humans. That's right. If not only for our safety, but it's also a question of ethics since humans don't have any protections against magic or supernatural abilities. 
technically they do sense guns work just as well on you and me, but that comes back around to our safety since so many Americans are trigger happy. They'll shoot someone for looking different from them or a stranger turning around in their driveway. If we weren't hidden, we'd become another target for that fear. That's why any actions against a human are carefully scrutinized before judgment is made. Was it self-defense or something else? While the human statement normally can't be taken, there are other methods to determine what happened. If I were trying to, say, cheat at a game of cards by reading a human's mind. Oh, for crying out loud. What's the harm in that? Even if I were suspected, there are plenty of humans who effectively can do the same through reading body language or using sleight of hand. True, there'd be little risk in being found out, but you'd still be violating someone's mind. If I fed from a human without revealing myself, would they still consent if they knew I was a concubus? Some people see no harm, no foul, if the other person's ignorant. Which is where our respective leaders come in. I don't know about concubi, but I'd probably get hauled up in front of the witch's conclave if I was caught treating human brains like my own personal playground. Our minds are the core of who we are, and any violation of that is just that, a violation. Yeah, feeding without informed consent is generally not allowed. Ever since I was little, Nana would lecture me about empathy and putting myself in another person's shoes, which wasn't so bad, but I got the gist of it in like the first five minutes and she'd go on and on and on. Now my folks were kind of the same way, starting with the importance of consent for things like hugs when I was pint-sized and then building onto it from there as I got older because our dietary requirements don't kick in until we're adult. I did curse a couple of kids when I was younger. Yeah, I remember the one you did that lit me up like a disco ball for cops. You deserved it for cursing my shampoo right before prom. You knew that concubi can't always control our forms when we're young. It was fun trying to explain why I didn't look like my photo ID at the time. Hey, I was there too. I did my best with an illusion. I looked like an uncanny valley nightmare. <laughs> the look on the cop's face, he was like, am I losing my mind? <laughs> I should have left you on the side of the road. My only regret was ignorantly putting you at risk by making you a target for cops. I might forgive you if a carrot cake was involved. <laughs> you can't keep using that to get me to make you carrot cake. Oh yes, he can. <sighs> Carob Crip Cereal is the only chocolate alternative cereal for werewolf kids. Each bite is packed full of fiber, protein, and vitamins essential for growing lycanthropes. Parents will love the healthy choice, and little monsters will love the taste. Every box contains a free chew toy. Carob Crips, they're howling good.
spot for our gender reveal party. Sure is. Good thing I got the fireworks party pack 3000 so everybody for miles around will know what equipment you got cooking in your oven. Oh, it smells like diesel and dead skunk. Smells like the time I ate pickled eggs and burritos. Oh. Let's find somewhere else. Tired of humans and day-trippers invading your territory? Try Dryad's Camper Be Gone, a pheromone spray for your trunk that repels pests and humans. Our special formulation quickly dissipates, absorbing the odors of intruders, leaving you with the fresh scent of your home or lair. Protect your home from hominids with Camper Be Gone. Try our new scent, Corpse Flower Crush. Okay, where were we? Childhood trauma from curses used as pranks. Right. Anyway, I got hauled up in front of the witch's conclave for putting us all at risk of being exposed. Nana's lectures had nothing on a whole summer's worth of unpaid internship working on files on more egregious exposures. And I still get guilt tripped into baking carrot cake for it. Okay, okay, I get it already. So what have we learned about using telepathy on humans to cheat at chess? It's wrong and I shouldn't do it. And why is it wrong? Because it's a violation of privacy and puts us at risk of being found out. But who's the one who left that telepathic tiara out? I mean, really. You only got yourself to blame. You know, kneecaps are a privilege and not a right. Hey, they're a left, too. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Today's episode was written by Brenna Anderson Dowd. Performed by Brenna Anderson Dowd as Hazel. Kevin Elmore as Quoth and Frederick Elmore as the announcer and Julia. Sound editing by Frederick Elmore. Music by Kevin Elmore. Special thanks to The Traveler Writes on Tumblr. Find us on Tumblr or Facebook or email us at feedingwerewolves at gmail.com. Please rate and review. Care and Feeding of Werewolves is a podcast distributed by Kerfuffle and Chaos Productions and licensed under a Creative Commons non-commercial attribution sharealike 4.0 international. All content on the Care and Feeding of Werewolves podcast is fictional and for entertainment purposes only. Content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your doctor or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of an episode. Reliance on any information provided by Care and Feeding of Werewolves, Kerfuffle and Chaos Productions, or anyone involved with the production of this podcast is solely at your own risk. Oh, that hazel and close.
Those two are always putting the jinx in hijinks. <laughs>